Hey, what's going on today, guys? I am Dakota, also known as Primal Sabbath, everywhere on the internets. And this is issue number four of Information Creep. I almost said Stasis Lock because we did Stasis Lock last night, so like that's fresh on the brain. Uh, but we are part of the Cool Table Network, where you can find other great shows like Shattered Cast Uncut, Enter the Realm, Be Beers and Bolters, 40, Sick Fanatics, Stasis Lock, Nerd Rage Radio, Toy Detox, and Eight Weeks, uh, along with us, Information Creep. So if, not, you know, if you don't have that in your podcast subscriptions, go ahead and add some of those. Really good shows. Uh, a lot of fun. All under the uh, the Realm of Collectors uh, banner. And I do believe the Realm of Collectors Hangout has also a, uh, you know, they, they do the Hangouts on Tuesdays. I think that goes up into audio form. I'm not 100% sure. But uh, you're watching us if you're watching the video form on the Realm of Collectors YouTube channel. So you can check out some of that stuff too. Uh, you can check out Figga Banging as well. That's another one. So... Uh, I'm I'm only joined today by Walter, uh, Greg. Uh, I was feeling under the weather. The weather uh, Spiros couldn't join us, uh, unfortunately. So we're just gonna two-man it. We're gonna knock this out. Should have a somewhat quick show for you guys, which uh, I think we're all kind of fine with in our busy day-to-day -day lives. So Walter, where can people find you at? You can find me. Actually, I must change that name from Wall to the Big Wall. You can find me <laughs> on uh, Facebook. I'm in the Hardcore Collectors. Realm of Collectors, uh, yeah, I gotta remember my own Twitter account, so. <laughs> I hear you, man. But yeah, you can find me there on those, and more likely, if you see me post something, that means I work for Walmart, so that's where you can find me at. Good deal. Check your local Walmarts for a Walter. Uh, you can uh, typically find Greg everywhere, Greg for Mercy, and he's uh, he's bouncing around in the groups and stuff like that. We will not be doing the Pat Lee segment because... Uh, that's kind of Greg's thing, keeping up with Pat Lee. Uh, so check that, check for that next week, hopefully. And Spiros, you can find him kind of uh, on on the Twitters. He 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 actually runs our Twitter. So if you are not following us on Twitter, you can do that at info underscore creep. If I'm remembering that right, that's the one thing I didn't pull up. Or if you guys have any questions, any topics you want us to hear us discuss. Uh, you can do that at informationcreep at gmail.com. It's all one word, so send us in your emails, your suggestions, you know, topics, things of that sort. But since we did lose some audio last week, we want to go ahead and kind of uh, recover on that. We're going to be taking a look at the uh, last pieces of chaos, and we're also going to, you know, kind of dive into the death of Optimus Prime. we got a couple of topics. It's going to be fun. So where we basically left off was Megatron had just got his new body, and he... You know, he wasn't really sure of his surroundings. Uh, not only did he get this new body, he got this new indestructible body based on a really, really cool design, the uh, the bomber Megatron that we all so, uh, so much love. And then, you know, then we find out, we, like, we get it in a, in a toy, and then we find out it was a deluxe, and then, uh, you know how that goes. But, uh, so yeah, there's 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 that, his, his damn near indestructible body. And, you know, he beats the living crap out of Starscream, and he's rallying his troops. He finds his troops are broken and defeated, so they head back to Earth. And on Earth, uh, the, you know, he challenges Prime and the Autobots. And after the Autobots have been completely and utterly defeated, Megatron does a 360, man. He surrenders himself, which, as far as dynamic storytelling goes, that was really surprising to me. Uh, I, don't, I don't know, Walter, did you ever read the, uh, the kind of last bit of the, the, the chaos end? Yeah. Yeah, that was and there was some other stuff kind of going on, you know, on Earth at that time too. The relationships with the Transformers were a little shaky, you know, with the um, humans. Right. Spike ended up killing Scrapper, which uh Prowl was not too thrilled about. Then the, you know, Soundwave kind of had his own, you know, agenda going on uh with uh the Megatron guns and and all that other stuff and you know, Jazz had to end up killing a human, which, you know, that put the Autobots in a bad light. So there was a lot of very, like, drama-filled things going on there. And I should really learn to silence this phone whenever I start recording, but that's fine. Yeah, I mean, during that period, there was, like, a lot of chaos because all this started happening uh, after the Revenge of the Decepticons. That's when everything starts going, start going crazy. Yeah, man, and, totally out of left field. Yeah, and therefore you have to tie in the uh, the heart of darkness. Right. That's tied into it. Heart of darkness all leads into chaos. So, 
it was like, dude, there was a lot of crazy stuff that was going on during that period. Yeah, it really was. That was, I think that's, you know, we had that kind of soft reboot with all Hell Megatron, but you really saw, like, the story progression pick up, and, and it kept speed with all of that, you know, and, and after Megatron, like, turns himself in, that's whenever they find out, you know, hey, Galvatron has, he's amassing this, this giant army of, you know, Cybertronians, and he's he's going to, you know, unlock Vector Sigma, and he's basically playing into the Devoid's hand, and he doesn't realize it, he doesn't quite realize it, and so so anyways, they're, the, you know, the Autobots, they're like, alright, load Megatron up, we're going to Cybertron. You know, at this point in time, you know, Hot Rod had already made it back to Earth with the Matrix, and that's something I wanted to talk about. I don't know if we really covered it uh, last week or not, but whenever Hot Rod, you know, stole the Matrix back, and then he made it to Earth, and it's just, it's, just, it's a very, very dynamic read. You know, he he's there, and everyone's chanting his name, Rodimus, Rodimus. He's got it. He's got the Matrix draped that, around his neck. Wait a minute, did they chant his name? See, that's the they chanted his name Rodimus? I don't know. I don't. Well, I, I know, didn't know that. I know at some point he had his name chanted. I know they chanted his name for sure whenever he was trying to bring everyone together and leave Earth after Optimus Prime turned himself into the humans. But oh yeah, that's the most definitely. But he he you know there was there was definite cheering and you could see that like in the background everyone was you know surrounding him wanting to talk to him and he's just you know he had that that kind of young smirk on his face but it wasn't it wasn't um, it wasn't like a ha ha prime you know I have the matrix I'm winning you know he 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 didn't do that he walked straight up to Optimus Prime just to see his task completed you know and he he pulled the matrix off and he just just that that scene. Of Rodimus handing Optimus the Matrix, that was a that was a very like goosebumpy scene for me. I thought that was really really cool, you know. The where you know he's like you know here you know you're the rightful owner of this. This is yours. You take it. Uh, but th- all of that happened before you know Megatron showed up, beat the Autobots, and then turned himself in. But that's something I did want to I did want to uh, kind of touch on. Uh, like, like I said, I don't think we gave it a whole lot of. Uh, kind of spotlight in the last issue of information creeps so but really really cool stuff there so they load megatron yeah, up oh what's he, up yeah because optimus uh changed his name from hot rod to uh geronimus yeah that's whenever well he yeah yeah i don't think that was i think i think that's whenever optimus recognized him as rodimus because some of you know whenever whenever Rodimus was rallying both the Decepticons and the Autobots left behind, that's whenever uh, yeah. they all started calling him Rodimus. But like some of the Autobots, like on Bumblebee's side, they were still calling him Hot Rod, and that's whenever I think that's whenever Optimus recognized him as as Rodimus, which was cool. Uh, I agree. I totally forgot about yeah. that. And therefore, he gave him the Matrix, which was pretty cool. It was like. He gave him the Matrix. <laughs> gave Optimus the Matrix. Exactly. And it was like, okay, that's cool, man. And therefore, it was like he made Rodimus like second in command, which was pretty cool. Yeah, it was. It was very. That was very interesting. And that was like after I believe, you know, the other Autobots had kind of voted on Bumblebee as the leader too. So you have three kind of leader structures, and Bumblebee never wanted it, so he was just happy that Optimus was back. Uh, but, you know, you, you see Optimus, uh, and, and I think they had a dialogue there, uh, because I, and, I, and, we, and we may have talked about it, you know, last week, um, but, like, Optimus, you know, the, I think they, they were talking about their uh, experiences with the Matrix. Like, Rodimus was, like, he was very, you know, it was the greatest feeling in the world, where Optimus was like, man, it was kind of a burden for me. You know, the, the, two, difference, the two different ways that they expressed handling the matrix and And they perceived it and therefore it it, it, to me personally it with ronimus having the matrix and all the autobots are looking there at him it's like he's a prime (laughs) that's that was like and therefore bumblebee i guess he was shocked about it you know yeah, I don't think that, you know, Bumblebee is never, I don't think that he's really ever been like a prideful character, but, you know, everybody's got pride, and I, I think that the way they uh, 
drew his face it looked like it looked like he took a hit in the pride you know which was very interesting to to say the least but uh, Megatron has surrendered himself he's boarded you know the so Optimus has uh, locked him up on Omega Supreme uh, put him in what looks to be like an incineration chamber which I don't know how that was inside Omega but that's fine uh, but even he's even you know even you with your indestructible body you couldn't handle the crushing forces of Omega Supreme during a transformation. You know, so that was kind of the, you know, worst case scenario, we'll force Omega to transform. We'll all die, but you'll die too, Megatron. So then we then we got a lot of really cool kind of dialogue and backstory with Optimus Prime and Megatron just kind of sitting there talking to each other, even sort of, you know, sh- sharing a laugh about some of their both of their mishaps during the the whole process of the war and you know where things went wrong and we got a really cool flashback to Megatron in a diner with Impactor and you know how how an Autobot got thrown on the, an Autobot that looks a lot like Rung gets thrown on the table uh and and you know and, and Megatron or Impactor really was the one that uh decided you know that these Senate guards weren't above everyone else, and they got into a fight, and even Megatron kind of got into the tussle, but, uh, you know, about how he got thrown in jail and he got beat up, uh, you know, we find out later by Whirl, and how Prime kind of, or at, at the time, Orion Pax sort of stepped in and helped him out, but it was that beating that was the real pivotal point that he went from, you know, wanting to be a revolutionary poet to a, you know, killing warmongering you know warlord which was very very interesting like the fact that they they added in that backstory and that was all you know sort of on the way to cybertron which was uh which was which was really cool and then they run into galvatron and he's you know he's got this army and he's you know he's like no we're going to you know we're you know we're going to kickstart this planet my way you know my way is the right way i'm going to defeat the darkness and the whole time he's playing into the to the the darkness, the Devoid's uh, hand, and he ends up unleashing it. So this big, very well drawn out battle ensues, and then you see uh, you see Prime. You know, they're, they're I believe they were in the the chamber to Vector Sigma, and yep. he opens the Matrix. You know, because that was that was the darkest hour, which is something I thought was really really cool. And we've we've touched on it a little bit. But I don't know how much of this was was left behind in like lost recording. Um, the fact that you know the whole opening the matrix thing was for this and not for something typical like Unicron. That's something I really liked out of the ordeal. But that's just me. I don't know if you wanted to touch on that whole scene with Hot Rod and Cyclonus and you know everyone else that was there for the matrix opening. But Drift almost killing himself. He stabbed himself. Yeah. That was interesting. They yeah. just like it was like something happened. The only person that didn't go through that was Megatron. He took the deep void out, man. That was he tried to twist his will, and right. it was Megatron turning, and he just took it out. Took it out by himself. I'm like, that's cool. And that's that's you know. I've always thought in other forms of media, Megatron just felt too underpowered, except for Transformers Prime. You know, I think Megatron had the right kind of power there. But I love how, how in IDW, you know, they've, they've given him, you know, they've made him this unstoppable force. You know, this, this force to be reckoned with. You know, he's, you're, you know, basic like... A freak of nature. Exactly. You're, you're point one percenter, you know, uh, which... And, and then we, we see that, you know, he's he's doing something that Prime couldn't do, Galvatron couldn't do, and he's, he's you know, tussling with the D-Void himself. And after Prime, you know, opens this Matrix, uh, that's, you know, that's the end of it. That's that. The D-Void's gone. Uh, Galvatron, I believe, did Galvatron get sent back into the dead universe? Well, yeah, but here's the thing. Clonus betrays him there, too. Right. You know? He betrays them because Cyclonus saw what saw what happened, and therefore, uh, you know, he when he opened up the Matrix, everything you know 
they kind of let him into Dark Cybertron if you really think about it. Um, yeah, well, yeah. I mean, it, it it definitely like these events totally set up what was going to happen with Dark Cybertron. You mentioning Cyclonus betraying him that was that was also really really good story writing on, on you know in in my opinion uh, because you know Cyclonus has always been the right hand man the suck up guy for Galvatron and and we don't get that out of the Cyclonus we get and a you, warrior and, and with you, honor he reminds me of Dinobot and you know it's funny the what? fusion cannon shot that uh, Galvatron did to Optimus and Hot Rod yeah <laughs> yeah that, that too that little panel that's not hardly even talk about that's a very powerful that's a very powerful fusion cannon he has. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And it didn't take both of them out. Well, I think and it's because they shared the, the brunt of that, you know? Yeah. And therefore, uh, when time opens up the Matrix, and I turned to like, like, you know what that, it looked at like white snow, but it also kind of looked like it was like nuclear. I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. That last panel page, it was like Cybertron was just full of snow. Yeah, and just the the, the artwork in, in in this particular, you know, at the at the end of this particular story was was great. Um, yeah, I mean, to me, it's <laughs> the artwork. They they did the painting on it. Let, let's give them credit. The painting on it was excellent. The guy that did the artwork was trying to get close to Alex Ross. Yeah, I, and I do see that absolutely. He was trying to get there to Alex Ross. If you really think about the ETF fans out there, notice how this guy did the art and look at Alex Ross's art. It's up there, but not yet. Right. At least, at least not at the time for sure. Um, no. But I believe that after all of that happened. I want to say, you know, the, the, in, as far as like chronological stuff goes, there was there was that little Ironhide. Uh, there were there were like two little Ironhide issues or miniseries, I believe. But like at, at the last Ironhide issue, shows Ironhide in the future on Gorlam Prime, which you know was was kind of shocking with a totally new generation of Transformers. And you know he was standing there with Alpha Trion telling. You know stories about his war and, and things of that sort. I think that was before they knew that they were going to really keep going. But it, but it, I, I like that how was after chaos. Yeah, that yeah. was like a. Uh, that was yeah. That was like after. So I think it was something actually happened. The last the last book because that that happened. I want to say in the next to last book, and then you 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 know you see Ironhide. He's, he's a lot older. He looks like he's a lot more uh, frail. Um, and he's talking to all these like younger-looking Transformers and Alpha Trions there. Uh, but they later play that into like that being a vision, which I think is really cool. And we'll kind of talk about that whenever we we discuss you know the the R.I.D. books and get into you know that whole ordeal and and how that kind of affected Ironhide. But it was essentially a vision. Uh, but I think at the time of publication, like it, that was to be like the end. Uh, but I did want to I did want to kind of throw that out there as something to kind of. Keep in mind, you know, as we go through and we we do uh, robots in disguise and more than meets the eye after the split and before you know Dark Cybertron. But that kind of leads us into the death of Optimus Prime, uh, which was <laughs> really good. You know, I, I saw the title and I was like, "What's this all about?" You know, this, and this was this came out in uh, what was like the tail end of 2011 or like the beginning of 2012. Um, and, you know, we see, you know, Prime, he's, he doesn't, you know, he, he, he's kind of scatterbrained. He doesn't quite know where he is, but he assumes it's Cybertron, you know, but he's like, am I in the pit? Am I in the after spark? You know, basically, did I go to heaven? Did I go to hell? Am I still alive? What's, you know, what's happening? And, you know, then he finds out that like that he's alive. And after he'd opened the matrix, you know, there, there was a message that got sent out, you know, cause Megatron was lost uh, so, you know, the, a message was sent assume out. Dead. Let's right. down that. Let's, let's assume dead because of all. Uh, he took out that thing in his life. Right. And I thought he that took I thought it was, didn't didn't that thing, didn't it take the form of like Nova Prime too? 
The Devoid? Yeah. I could have sworn uh, I could have sworn it know. took the form of Nova Prime. Or at least like Nova Prime with his nemesis colors. And I could be remembering things wrong too. That's totally possible. But but yeah, so Megatron's Megatron's assumed dead at this point. And Prime, you know, the, the message goes out. So all of these these Cybertronians that left the planet, you know, during the war, didn't be part of either side. Uh, even, you know, Autobot stationed at other outposts, Decepticons stationed at other outposts and everything. They're all making their way, you know, back to Cybertron. All these ships are landing. And there's all of these non-aligned uh, Cybertronians. And between that and the Decepticons, you know, rounding up the Decepticons, you know, the Autobots were really outnumbered, and, and you saw that, and, like, you see Sideswipe, and, you know, the, they're being, like, the the picture they painted was like, a very, very post-war, like, trying to get everyone, you know, settled and together, and, you know, they're, they're trying to figure out what to do, because you've got all, you know, you've got Metal Hawk, you know, showing up, and he's, you know, you know, you, you guys need to leave, you know, you Autobots and you Decepticons, you ruined the planet the first time, this is our planet, you know, and... Then you've got the Autobot side of it. Well, well, no, we fought and we won the war. And I thought that was, you know, just because, you know, and everyone thinks just because you win a war, that means, like, you win, but that's not necessarily true, you know? And and I think it showed a lot of that, and I, I thought that was a really good portrayal of that, you know, because now you have all these essentially civilians, non-combatants coming back, and they pose more of a threat than the Decepticons do. And you see a lot of that kind of infighting. You know, Prowl's just like, look, man, there's, I've got all these different options laid out in front of you, you know, but I think you should do this. So you've got Prowl coming at Optimus. You've got Bumblebee coming at Optimus. You've got Hot Rod, and they're all playing their different agendas. Uh, you've got Bumblebee saying, you know, no, we need to, we need to stay. We need to govern. Uh, you know, mm. you need to govern. You need to lead. And you've got Hot Rod saying, man, these people hate us. Let's go. Let's cut. Let's get out of here. You know, it's screw these guys, basically. Then you've got Prowl, you know, wanting to get all military police and, you know, martial law, everyone. And so you see all these things, all these dynamics, and, you know, Prime has just witnessed a very devastating blow. You know, he's opened the Matrix. It's empty. You know, he emptied the Matrix, which no one else before him had done. So he's he's dealing with not only the the mental stress of that, but also, you know, the physical repercussions of that, because it didn't look like that was a very easy thing to do, you know, as, as you Three kind of explain. Three big egos. Right. You know? Right. <laughs> that is three big egos. Yeah, it is. It's three big egos. Yeah. All coming at him, and he's, you know, he's shell-shocked. He's in shock. Uh, and... You know, and, and it's so finally, like, all, you know, he's he's trying to, he's trying to go out and, you know, Prime has always been, they've always presented Optimus Prime as being this great speech giver. So he goes out and he's about to give this big speech and no one's listening to him. And finally, he, you know, he, he says his piece and then he turns around and, you know, then, you know, we pan back to Bumblebee and, and Hot Rod uh, arguing with each other, like badly arguing you know, saying, you know, Prime would do this, Prime would do that. Uh, and at that point, Prime takes the Matrix and he splits it in half. He gives Bumblebee one half, he gives Hot Rod the other half. And he walks away and he's like, I'm done. You know, and, and you can you can see that. Don't call me Optimus Prime anymore. Call me Orion Pax. I am done. I'm done with the war. The war took a toll on him. It took a lot out of him. Right. Well, I mean, hell, what was it? Four million years of fighting. Yeah, you know, on top million, of what's up? Four million years of fighting, fighting for what? For nothing. Yeah. And it's like, you know what? I need me a break. I need me some space. <laughs> That's what he's saying. I need me some peace. I need a peace of mind. Oh you know? yeah, absolutely. I mean, he takes a shuttle and he just goes off. You know, he's, you know, I think I think he took Wheelie and uh, Garnack with him. Which, Did he you know, really? Well, we, we see later on in R.I.D. that he's there hanging out with Wheelie and Garnack and, uh, I believe, Hardhead. Because Hardhead um, was kind of there for, for that. So, 
but I don't think we I don't think we directly saw him go with Wheelie and Garnack, but he is you know later on in the series after the split uh, seen with them. Spoiler alert! But yeah, he just he just walks away, and you know Bumblebee's you know Bumblebee and Hot Rod kind of realize like what they've done, like they pushed him to that limit. You know, they pushed him past that limit, and, you know, they were both trying to apologize, and, you know, he wasn't having it. And that goes back to, you know, whenever he and Hot Rod were talking about their experiences with the Matrix, how Hot Rod loved it, uh, but Prime loathed it, it seems. You know, Hot Rod, he got it in a very heroic manner. He swooped in, and he took it from, single-handedly took it from the Decepticons, and was able to safely, you know, safely travel back to Earth. It was a very big, positive story, you know, and then we see later on in Autocracy, uh, which we'll probably cover, you know, we'll probably cover the, the Autocracy uh, trilogy of series since they were produced after this, after the death of Optimus Prime. But we see how Optimus gets it. Optimus got the Matrix kind of by force and... It was a very just stressful sort of thing, you know. Megatron had, you know, attempted to to take Iacon, and uh, he had killed. I believe he killed Zeta. Was it Zeta that yeah, was in the armor? Zeta Prime. He killed Zeta Prime, and uh, oh man, what what was the other one? Well, he the backstabbed bigger- Prime. He backstabbed Prime over the whole ordeal too. You know, because Prime was like, you know, Megatron. I agree with you. Zeta is 100% out of control. He can't be doing this. And this was actually whenever Hot Rod and Prime had met, but I don't want to get too, too far into that because I think that is a good story to talk about as we, you know, sort of reflect on some of the things that happen in Robots in Disguise and More Than Meets the Eye. But Prime, he got the Matrix in a in a very bad way. So it just, that seeing that parallel there, you know, and seeing how finally he was able to wash his hands of it and be done with it. I thought I thought was something worth worth note. Mm. But uh, is there anything like you you particularly wanted to to touch on with Death of Optimus Prime? Because that's basically where it ends, and then we go into the two. Uh, we go into the. Uh, <laughs> I was shocked. I was shocked because I thought they were going to kill him. That was my first. Um. How can I say it? I thought that was the whole idea because when they showed put out the preview, the first thing I thought of, okay, I saw the sweeps, dead sweeps, and just something told me something bad is going to happen. And they kept, and it's like, okay. And therefore, when they get the teaser combo covers, it's like, okay. Yeah. He'll kill him off. Any any moment you were waiting for, for Prime to, to die somehow, be it a rogue Decepticon or one of the non-aligned, you know, robots or, or, or a group of them. I honestly thought they were going to, you know, they were just going to topple him yep. to tell you the truth. Like that's just, you know, because he was a symbol of that war and like that was part of his speech. He said, look, I'm a symbol of this war. I don't feel that I should be the one leading you. So here I am. I'm giving up, you know, non-aligned Autobot, Decepticon, whatever you hold your elections. You can pick your leader. You can do whatever. Uh, but I'm out, and that's, you know, but yeah, yeah, I, I didn't even think about that, the, you know, the kind of dual meaning of the death of Optimus Prime, but you're right. Yeah, so, it just, man, it, did, it, it fooled me. Yeah, yeah, it was good, man, that was, that was uh, James Robertson and John Barber, they they you know they both wrote that together and that's those two guys together man that's a powerful driving force, uh, for sure you know I thought I thought James Roberts and Nick Roche were good together but you know which I think James Roberts with anyone is going to be good because James Roberts himself is so good, but um, another little tidbit I like seeing that Drift was there you know we we got the confirmation that Drift was okay, uh, being that I think Drift was for sure my my kind of fan favorite. Uh, character, but you know we did see that and that was cool. But um, but that's that's I mean that's it that's it for phase one. So we've um 
I got a couple of topics here. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go kind of in a weird order as to how I uh, how I sent these to you. Uh, but this one is uh, making a list and checking it twice. That's the kind of topic name I gave it. Have um, <laughs> personally rank. Uh, you know, since we're you know we're at technically the end of phase one and the beginning of the phase two story. Uh, how would you rank the phase one of the Transformers comics? You know what. Where exactly do they stand for you? What are some sweet spots, and what are, in your opinion, some of the low points? Oh man, how can I? There is no low points. You know, it's, it was pretty good, pretty fast paced, and the storytelling to me was excellent. Um, the relationship between Optus and Megatron took a turn. Yeah, it was pretty interesting, and to give Hot Rod and Bumblebee the Matrix. That to me, that's pretty interesting there too. Now because now you have two leaders. So, and last but not least, when a war takes off, talk on you, it's time for you to go. Right. I I I agree, man. You know, I mean, for the most part, I don't think I, I personally I think phase two is where all the money's at. You know, yeah. I I enjoy this whole post split. Because, you know, for me, it's, while this isn't necessarily, you know, this didn't feel like a retelling of any other story, and I don't want to say that it did. But, I mean, it was. It was your typical, you know, Autobots, Decepticons fighting, you know, you can only fight for so long sort of thing. Uh, and then, then, you know, the fact that it, that it wraps up with more to go, that, that's something, something I really do like. The, the sweet spots for me, though, in Phase 1 were Megatron Origins, be that it has, you know, a couple of... Uh, continuity errors, especially once they you know get further on in the books, it's fine. It's it's the first time we really saw, you know, I, th- I think it, as a reader, sympathizing with Megatron, you know, being kind of on his side. You know what I mean? And that that I thought was a really good good point. Uh, last stand of the records, obviously, was just you know it was. You know, not all, you know, not every fight that the Autobots have is going to be a victory. You know, or it'll be a victory, but there's going to be some cost, and we get to see that cost. Or we get to see that defeat. Um, low points? I, I do personally have a couple of low points. And a lot of it was, you know, most of that, that first story arc, that, that whole Heart of Darkness stuff, was all told in spotlights. And I think, I wish that could have been told similar to the, uh, the Asian series, you know, like Escalation, Devastation, and, and so on and so forth. I, I wish it could have been presented that way. Granted, I think the earlier spotlights provided, you know, good, good spotlights, basically. Um, so, that, that, that's, those are kind of my, like my low and my sweet spots. But I do, man. I, I, you know, I've read the, the Dreamwave stuff. I've read some of the the Marvel UK stuff, uh, and you know, watching cartoons and and the movies and, and everything. I like, I like to find something I like about all of it. But man, this you know, phase one of of these IDW comics really blew it all out of the water for me. Uh, they it, it was a it was great, but it it wasn't top tier. At least not top tier in my opinion. How phase two gets, uh, but that's that'll be a a talk for a different day, I guess. Um, but talking about spotlight issues, that leads us into uh, our second topic, biographer. So, what is your favorite spotlight issue, and and why? Oh man, my favorite spotlight issue. It's a tough one because there's so many. <laughs> okay, favorite one, favorite one. Um, I have to the Metroplex one. <laughs> yeah, I'm going with that. That's that's whenever uh, that's whenever we see uh, six shot get beat, right? Yeah, he got smashed, dude. That that's my favorite one. I had to think there about that. He got destroyed, dude, and therefore, uh, <clears throat> in Metroplex, we didn't know that he was he had teleportation. We didn't know he was this big city. That's how can I say it? That, that we didn't know he was going to be a big time player, right? And that that whole teleportation thing, like that, sets up, you know, what's what's kind of going on 
currently with you know or I say currently at least in phase two that whole you know they all the all the titans have you know like the space bridges built into them yeah so they can do that but yeah good pick man I didn't even think about spotlight metroplex yeah I I, I had to think about it it just came on out like oh that issue because one I mean how, how often have we seen Grimlock we have not seen Grimlock We've seen more of the Dinobots than Grimlock. Am I correct? You're correct. I, I would say I would definitely say you're correct. I think what they're trying to do is put more of the focus on the four Dinobots than Grimlock. Okay, that's understandable. Mm-hmm. I get that. But Metroplex, yeah, he destroyed Six Shot. Um, and that was my other choice. My other choice would have been Six Shot because yeah. they're touching a character that people like. And it's more like, okay, this badass, plus he has a rivalry with Starscream. Which is interesting. That's something I wish they could have expanded on because honestly, Six Shot was like Spotlight. Six Shot was almost my pick too. It was a close second. I liked that whole deal with the Reavers and you know seeing how he was. He you know Six Shot was very close to just saying screw it, you know. But but showing like Six Shot had a had a had a conscience there. I thought was was really good. Really good storytelling. And therefore, the rivalry with him and Starscream is like Starscream is the only one who could take him out. Are you kidding me? Yeah, right. <laughs> what happened to that Starscream? Am I right? But then again, yes. he was he was a Phase Sixer, and Megatron made sure that his Phase Sixers couldn't, you know, come after him. And I guess Starscream maybe figured out uh, Six Shots' little loophole. You know, like like Megatron. You know, Shockwave was the reason behind Overlords. Uh, I don't know, you know, we didn't really get a whole lot out of Black Shadow, which is a shame, uh, because I think, I really wish they could have done, like, a spot like Black Shadow. They could have bought, brought Black you mean Shadow. Sky Shadow? Sky Shadow, yeah. You mean- um, my bad, but, yeah, like, I, I wish I wish we would have seen more of Sky Shadow, you know, all three of the Phase Sixers. We really, most of our, most of our, our time was with, with Six Shot and, and with Overlord. And I really, I really wish they they would have shown more of a Sky Shadow, uh, and and who, you know, so, uh, so that's that's why I'm guessing you know Shock Shockwave was the reason Overlord had his kind of uh, failsafe, and I guess Starscream had um, Six Shots failsafe, but you know who had who had Sky Shadow's failsafe, who was the only other Decepticon other than Megatron that that could have beat uh, Sky Shadow, uh, that you know that wasn't the Decepticon Justice Division, you know? Yeah. That uh that would have been interesting. But yeah, that's, you know, how come how come Starscream's only a badass in that that instance? <laughs> right? Right. I mean, he was a badass in all of Megatron and like dude. <laughs> yeah, but I think he was he was you could tell he was totally an opportunist in all Hell Megatron as well. Um, but he told the truth. He he told the truth. Yeah, he did. You're right. He told the truth. You cannot, uh, you can't knock him there for that. He told the truth. Well, she had Devastator on his side. How can you compete there with that? Oh yeah, I mean, and not just Devastator, but you know, it was it was all planned. It was all planned that they, you know, they were going to get caught and you know, get taken into the belly of the beast. So, uh, really. Really cool there, but yeah, man, Spotlight Six Shot was that was a really that was a good story. I, I did like that, and you know, you saw how it, for the most part we'd kind of been, you know, we were brought around to Six Shot as you know just this heartless killing machine, but then you see when it comes to his comrades, you know, he's got that honor. He's not, you know, as ang- you know he he's not as he's not as bad i mean he's he's bad for sure but he's not as bad as you know we all kind of thought but um let's uh let's see let's do let's do let's do this one uh soft reboots is the next topic uh do you feel since we you know we talked about it do you feel that the death of optimus prime was a good soft reboot and was it as easy uh, of a jumping on point as say all hell Megatron because all hell Megatron was kind of a good jump on point for new readers 
Uh, do you do you feel like that maybe Death of Optimus Prime was a good jump on point as well? Yeah, I think it was because we didn't know what the anticipation was going to be. We didn't know what was going to happen. I certainly didn't. I thought I thought they were going to kill him off. I'm like, here we go again. They're going to kill him off. That's pretty much what I can say. Right, and I mean, uh, you know, for the most part, like I, I definitely, I definitely do too. It's and it's something you know, like we kind of, we kind of. I, I don't want to talk about it too soon, but we see it with you know Lost Light and the Optimus Prime title. You know, I feel like I'm, and you know, I, and they, this still could all be their technical phase too. But I feel like the start of Lost Light and Optimus Prime, those titled issues. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's that's a that's another beginning. You know, that's a phase. That's the beginning of phase three. And they may have they may have said that they may have confirmed that, and I probably missed it. And if I did, my bad. But it feels like it's a it's a phase three beginning. You know, where all of these things that that will be end up getting set up in phase two. You know, they they end, and we kind of saw that. You know, with with phase one. You know, phase one was totally two parts. Everything up to all hell Megatron, and then from all hell Megatron to the end of chaos. And then, you know, Death of Optimus Prime is the start of Phase 2, you know, moving on. And, and I feel like Lost Light and Optimus Prime are Phase 3. But it, it, it allows for, you know, your new readers to, to jump on without having to uh, to try to backtrack all these issues. Or, you know, new readers could listen to or watch Information Creep, which is us. So, never mind that, guys. Don't don't do all that. Just, you know, li- listen, listen to us. We'll give you some, some insights and backstory. But uh, that said, though, I do think that All Hell Megatron was a better jump on point, you know, because you do get, you know, those really good stories like Last Stand of the Wreckers and, you know, you do get the Chaos event, which a lot of post the death of Optimus Prime stuff plays into, uh, which was which was good stuff. And uh, I still can't believe that Dreamway was supposed to do All Hell Megatron. Yeah, I can picture seriously? that, that art. And man, if they would have done it with that art, and the way Dreamway did their art was cartoon style. No, I'm sorry, that was cartoon style, hands down. Right, I uh, mean, and, and and I totally agree, and I, I liked it, man. I don't, you know, I don't want to take anything away from Dreamwave. Dreamwave had a lot of very good stories and concepts, and a lot of which, you know, we we do we you know we did end up seeing and we do see in in IDW. But yeah, that's that's insane. That and that's that's. That's what sucks because I'm sure like Spiros probably has even more uh, kind of like little facts and informations and stuff to to give us on these little the same thing with all, the same thing with all hell Megatron. It had it car it had its cartoon moments in it. Yeah. Oh, without a doubt, it absolutely did. And they did the shots of Megatron and his eyes glowing. I said, "Oh, this is from the cartoon." Yeah, I love so- I love those glowing eyes bits. But I agree, man. Um, but our our final topic, and it looks like we're gonna be finishing right under an hour. So good deal. We uh, we wrap this up quick. Uh, but our final topic is uh, I call it hearing voices. And uh, when reading comics, do you hear the voices of the characters? As as like as you do you hear your voice as you're reading it? Because you know you. You imagine you're you're reading this off the page, you know. You've got to imagine what that sounds like. I mean, it's it probably sounds silly and it's ridiculous, but I don't, I don't know. Like you know, I I do like I, I hear it, uh, or do you hear it as you know certain a certain voice actor that has either portrayed that character in particular before, or you know maybe like you kind of have your own idea of what that voice is supposed to sound like. So like you know we all probably read. Optimus Prime's lines and imagine that that's Peter Cullen, you know, saying those lines in his, you know, kind of deep, iconic, you know, Optimus Prime voice. So, uh, are there, like, are there any examples of, of characters that, you no. know? No. No, I don't hear no voice, man. No kidding. No, no kidding. kidding. I've been reading, like I told you, man, I've been reading comics for over 30 years. No, I mean... You know what? The only voice I was reading was, and this is going to sound so crazy, so I'm going to put this out there to the audience, was the Batman Nightfall trade paperback series. Oh, yeah? Yeah, because there's a scene in there. There's two scenes, and it's funny. I ain't trying to delve off to where we're at, but there was this villain named Cornelius Stirk. 
uh, who takes human bodies, maims them, kills them, cook up their blood. There's a scene in Nightfall where it says, uh, someone's knocking on the door and Joe says, who is it? Joe. Joe who? It's the Joker. And I couldn't stop laughing. Uh, <laughs> so you, did, you, did, you kind of, did you kind of imagine that as like Mark Hamill yeah. doing it? Yeah. Yeah. And, there, and therefore there was another scene where the Joker and Scarecrow just slapped hands. And it was hilarious. Yeah. So I couldn't stop laughing. So, otherwise than that, no. I don't hear no characters. See, I... You I, know. And I don't know if it's, you know... I, I, I tend to actually read comics when I'm at work, and I hate my job. Um, <laughs> so, like, I don't know if I'm trying <laughs> to, like, totally immerse myself. You know, like, I, I look at the, the images, you know, on the paper, and I look at, you know, what's going on in the backgrounds, and I, I try to kind of immerse myself in that world you know i try to think okay what sounds are going on in the background you know is there heavy metal clanking is there you know can you hear the sounds of like you know a ship's engines or you know an air condition something you know just similar stuff like i, I try to i try to layer it uh, in my head as i'm as i'm looking at it and i'm reading it and you know like every time you know optimus prime says something i'm like yep you know i hear you know or i imagine it's 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 peter cullen saying it you know but like with Ratchet, uh, who who was the guy that that voiced Ratchet in Transformers Prime? I thought he oh, was a great. That I don't know. I'm thinking of old school Ratchet. I thought you meant him. Yeah, yeah, no. See, then like that's the thing. Like I switch it up a whole lot, you know. But I kind of I kind of hear that guy, you know. Um, for Drift, believe it or not, I I think of Wheeljack from Transformers Prime because let's be honest, you know that was that was Drift with a Wheeljack face. <laughs> but I think of James Horan. Uh, if I'm pronouncing his last name right, but then like you know, like you said with like the Batman stuff, like I read the Wolverine books, um, like I read Old Man Logan and I read you know like uh, Weapon X and, and X Men Blue. I, I actually I actually think of it as Steve Bloom, you know, saying all of this, you know, and and and, and you know, and all that. Like I, I kind of kind of imagine like that's that's like him and his voice, you know, and Hot Rod, Hot Rod. Believe it or not, like it, I kind of give him like a Ian uh, Corlett. Cheetor from Beast Wars, like I, something about that, like it, it, it feels, and maybe not quite, you know, like first season Cheetor, but maybe like Beast Machines Cheetor, a little more mature, but still kind of brash and and arrogant, you know. But that those those were, I don't know, I'm probably just weird, and I, you know, and I just, but that's whenever whenever I'm reading it, like that's what I kind of imagine, if that makes any sense. Yeah. But and, and a lot of it could just do like I read these at work when I'm trying to get away from people at work, so I'm sure that plays a lot into it's, it as well. It's just uh, it's just that uh, and the characters. What's up? Pretty good. Pretty good. It's just yeah. that. Some of the characters are funny. If you're reading a uh, Batman series, you're gonna laugh there at it, especially Nightfall. Right. You know. Yeah, and, and like, oh, go ahead. And when you see the Joker, you're gonna laugh. With Transformers, it reminds you so much of the cartoon. You can't help it. Right. I totally agree. It's like, but then there's then there's some characters like like there's Swerve, which we don't we didn't really see a whole lot of Swerve in right. Phase One, but we see him a lot in Phase Two. Uh, but Swerve, I I don't know if you've ever heard of the comedian uh, John Mulaney. Yeah. That it's his like that's what I hear like with Swerve, you know, and I don't even think Swerve had any lines in G One, but he just had no, that, he didn't. He yeah. had he, season three, and that was it. Yeah. He just he was just there. He got stepped on, and then he was he was there. But uh, yeah, so like so with Swerve, you know, I, I just I, and, and I use John Mulaney because I think I was I was watching a lot of his standups whenever um, I was kind of rereading more than meets the eye because yeah, I you know and I, and I was like well you know he, Swerve has that sort of like he's probably you know he's probably a dude that does stand up you know obviously he owns a bar and you know you do see a lot of that like later on but you know that's. That's kind of one of those things, you know. It's uh, like I said, I'm probably just super weird, so you know. 
there's that. But, you know, I, I want to I want to talk about toys for a minute, if okay. we may. Yeah. Um. Um. How can I say it? Um. We were talking about MP39 earlier. You know what I'm saying? And to our listeners that are out there, to everybody else out here in the fandom, let me tell you guys something. What do you think BT, BTS is supposed to do? You guys whine, you cry about the price, yada, yada, yada. But yet, some of you guys keep feeding this third market, third party, excuse me, third party money and keep saying, oh, third party's better than Takara. Let me ask some of the people out here something. Why are you into collecting Transformers when you keep saying third party's better, but yet you say you hate Hasbro and Takara? Yeah, to no, me, I mean that's 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 pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you got to you got to touch a nerve sometime, you know. And I'm one of the few who will touch it. That's like you know, I'll just say, hey, when you say you hate something and yet you're steady buying it, to me personally, you're being a hypocrite. Well, I mean, I think I think we we all saw that with with the whole Megatron ordeal. You know, everyone. No, I wouldn't say everyone. Like, there were plenty of people that liked it, just like there's plenty of people that I think that like MP39. Um, you know, obviously, like, whenever you get into to certain retailers, especially stateside, it's going to be marked up to something ridiculous, but uh, I think that's also, like, a placeholder price. That's just BBTS, you know, jumping in and trying to get those pre-orders locked in. Because typically, whenever they, you know, can get it for less, like, you'll see that price drop. And, you know, they always guarantee you, like, the lowest, you know, lowest point of that and you know yada 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 but i think you know like like going back to 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 megatron to mb36 uh you know you you saw a lot of people you know throwing shade on it and talking about you know whatever third party yes but they they, still bought it that they not only did they still buy it but the people that didn't buy it are were now upset because they they can't find it for less than three hundred dollars um it's one of those things like i think (laughs) It'll it'll work itself out. Like I think I think it always works itself out, and like in this case, it totally worked itself out. Um, it's just called being a hypocrite, man. You just can't be one minute this, this one minute that, and therefore say, "Oh, I've been a fan all my life." I, I call that a bunch of crap, man. I really I, do. I, I it's yeah, crap. You know, I mean, people people are gonna you know obviously people are gonna like what they like and dislike what they dislike, uh, and that's all well and good. Um, but you know, like, like for me, like, I don't know if it's, if it, if it looks like my favorite characters, then, then I'm going to buy it. I don't care if it's Hasbro, Takara, third party, you know, and I'm making a a very like valid point with that, with, uh, with mastermind creations, you know, they're doing a lot of this comic book stuff. They're doing a lot of these comic book designs and actually I'm going to touch upon something that Greg said and which is that people have not been following up there on. If you really think about it, the comic designs, a lot of that's coming from the Dreamwave uh, more than meets the eye books, if you really think about it. Oh, yeah, like like Make Toys Chaos Paladin, that that was for sure the Dreamwave design. But, you know, you look at current, yeah. current Mastermind creation stuff, like their, their Dicamus or Dicamus or, or whatever, you know, that's, that's without a doubt, that's Sins of the Wreckers, you know, and even... Uh, even all hail Megatron inspired Roadbuster, without a doubt. That's 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 IDW Roadbuster. Um, right. You look at the main. Oh, go ahead. I was gonna say go you ahead. you look at you look at uh, you look at Mastermind Creations, uh, Calidus there, Rodimus. That's totally more than meets the eye, Rodimus. And same with Tyrantron. That's totally uh, more than meets the eye, uh, Megatron. And then you know you have Make Toys with their trash talking cogwheel and their rear end. You know, tailgate gears and swerve, uh, all, all totally. You know, more than meets the eye, uh, designs for sure. Most definitely. I mean, it's the same way. Like with Dreamwave, that Make Toys Megatron, that's based off that. Let, let's just call it like it is. It is. Yeah. Oh, oh, you're talking about like their uh, what is it their. Do they call it uh, like cross dimension or something like that? Is that what it's called? Oh, their MP Megatron, the MP Megatron that came on out from Make Toys. Make Toys made a masterpiece Megatron. Yeah, they did. Oh, I didn't know. That's you didn't a, know that? No, no, no. I know. I know they came out with uh, like they're doing like they did the the Striker Manus 
that Optimus Prime, and then they did a Megatron that kind of fit in with that aesthetic. And that that all looked very Dreamwave-like to me, but I, I didn't think it was Masterpiece scale. Nah, okay. Um, what's I about to say? Um, the Megatron, what was it? It was, Apollo, we all know how it went. Apollyon, then it went to Mitron, and therefore went to Megatron, Megatron, therefore we got MP36 out of it. But it was like, what they did was they took, they read some of the comic books from Dreamwave, you know, for how Megatron was. You got to admit, Dreamwave, Megatron was pretty beefy. You know? Oh, yeah. You know? And they took that and ran with it. That's what they've been doing. The same thing like with Big Toys, they're doing Starscream right now. I just said, oh, Dreamwave. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's Man, it. I totally forgot about that. And it's cool seeing some of those Dreamwave designs, which, you know, that's who who did Hearts of Steel? Was Hearts of Steel IDW or was that Dreamwave? It was IDW. It okay, was IDW. Wow. I don't know why I thought it was Dreamwave. Um, but I was gonna say, you know, we saw that with with Master. Like that's that's what put Mastermind Creations on the map was uh, their Hearts of Steel stuff. You know, which that was that was way back in the day, the early beginnings, the humble beginnings of third party, which was yeah. And the thing of it is, it's like, you know, um, we're going to start seeing more Dreamwave and more IDW stuff, I think, along the, along the way. Now, that's what I'm thinking. Do you think, do you think like, that's going to be a solely like, third-party market? Like We saw Hasbro really knock the ball out of the park with the Generations Thrill and 30 line doing the comic book designs and stuff like that. But, I mean, do you think like those days are kind of numbered and done and... You know, like third party is going to be kind of that only option, or. Oh, here's the thing. I want to speak about third party right quick. It's the fans that's pushing it, but also these fans are spoiled. Um, what's going to happen? And this is the thing that they don't know: these fans and third party are actually killing off G1. That's a problem. If you look at the current uh, listing for certain G1 figures, they're going way down on price. That's a major problem. Once third party stops, how can I say it? Everything has a fat. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It can die off. See, I think if third. Honestly, oh, go ahead. I, I don't. I was gonna say I, I don't think it's third party. I think it's the masterpiece line. You know, because now you're getting you know masterpiece. I think is what. What and, and you know, like I didn't grow up with G1. I'm not you know a. a, a a G1 super oriented person, but I think that that masterpiece is is kind of responsible for that, and that's that's really that's what we see mostly out of third parties now are that masterpiece scale. But it's I think I think just the masterpiece line as a whole is kind of killing the whole G1 thing because you know, why would you go for a you know complete vintage collection? I mean, I'm not not saying there's anything wrong with with vintage Transformers. I think they look great, you know. For for what they are like as you know collectors items, but you know would you do that? Would you spend that kind of money on on vintage G one, or would you get this bigger, more articulate, more cartoon accurate, better designed masterpiece? And and I see I see masterpiece like being the way to go. That my my buddy Josh he uh, he's gotten rid of all of his you know he was strictly a vintage G one collector, and he's gotten rid of all of his vintage stuff because of masterpiece, not so much third party. You know, and, and before that, it was that was the classics line, but the classics line didn't quite touch it, in my opinion. Not the way, not the way uh, masterpiece has, uh, not by a long shot. Yeah. Well, and not just that. I mean, we went from the classics line to upgrade kits to this to now MPs, and that's becoming a problem. It's becoming a big time problem. And now with these guys doing combiners and this and that, that's still becoming a problem. What's happening is, it's like what I said, we're seeing some of the decline on G1, especially in figures. And how can I say it? There's going to be a point one day to where, just like Monday. Yeah, was it Monday? No, it was Tuesday. It was Tuesday because everybody else got that sun. I'm trying to think, was it Monday or Tuesday when Sunstreaker was announced? What day was that? Uh, let's see. Oh, it may have been Monday. May have been like may have been late Monday. Yeah, because they fooled everyone. They fooled everyone. They fooled them. 
they made, and you got to give the car credit. They made some of these guys look stupid. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. I don't want to offend anybody, but they did. They made them look stupid. There's a, was, is it Eddie? Is it Dust Mites? I believe it's, it's Dust Mites saying, uh, patient saves pockets. Yep. Um, yeah. And, 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 and I think it, I think that turned out to be true this time. Uh, but that said, yep. I, I don't think anyone who, who has, you know, sun surge, uh, because I think that's what that was the more popular Sunstreaker. I don't think that they that they're out anything. I think they still have a good figure, you know, with a lot of different options there between chrome and uh, silver plastic for the wheels and the intakes, and you know you got the rubber tires stuff that stuff that you know that the MP isn't going to come with. Um, and they both look so similar. Uh, while I do think that the Takara one, to me personally, I like the Takara one better. It's got uh, more, it's, it looks like, it looks like the same engineering, but it looks like, you know, with all the added bits of, you know, making it look like a real Lamborghini versus the cartoon, uh, model, you know, you get the mask from Hoist Goes to Hollywood, you know, it looks like you get a couple of different faces too, uh, it, it all looks, that all looks very, uh, very solid, but, um, you know, again, like, as, as a, as a Beast Wars fan and a Beast Wars collector, like, that's not, that hasn't really been something that I've had to worry about, you know, as, as far as original G1 and, and things of that sort. But it is, it is very interesting, and I hope that that opens up the market for more of these comic book designs, because that, I think, I, I, think I, I like think, those more. And I think what's going to happen is, is this there, too, and see, here's the thing. Uh, I think MP40, and I don't know why, I think it's going to be Galvatron. I don't know why. I think it will. Well, you know, they, they had talked about... Uh, Someone had had kind of translated that little article, and you know, granted, they said it was difficult to translate, but you know, they talked about weaving the Beast Wars releases between the G One releases, you know, so it looked like it was going to be in every other release. So I think forty is going to be Dinobot, um, forty one will probably be uh, Galvatron. It would make sense for it to be Galvatron, but personally, I think I think if they're going to start season, I think they should finish season one and two. You know, and then start season three. You know, we do have Magnus and and Hot Rod, but I think that's just because of their popularity. Uh, but right, you know, jazz that they have not done, which I'm shocked about. Well, I think it's I think it's going to be a licensing issue because it's a deformed Porsche, and you know, Porsche will probably want it to look more like their 911 and not as deformed looking, if that makes any sense. So and therefore. What was I about to say? You got to do mini bots there too, and I think Cliff Cliff Jumper is one of them. Yeah, and again, he's another deformed Porsche, and so you know, possibly there again with any potential licensing issues, and you know, but then then like then you got like Warpath. I think will be easy, and Sea Spray, and Outback, uh, uh, on Gears, yeah, Power Glide, Power Glide. That was another we one I was trying to think of. I think I think most and of those will be easy. And therefore, you got triple changes. Don't be shocked if that's MB40 Astro Train. Yeah, it'd be it, it would be. I mean, he was he was he was there from the get go, basically. So or reflector. I mean, how much more can we forget? Reflector, Blitzwing. There's not really a, yeah. you know yeah. I mean, most of the Decepticons were were seekers. It seems in '84 and '85. So. You know, the, they they kind of they I mean they're out. You know, and you, then you got you know your 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 big four: Shockwave, Megatron, Starscream, Soundwave. But it's very very cool to see uh, how that's how that's going to kind of pan out. But uh, that said, man, I think we're at the hour mark, so it was cool kind of filling the end of that with toys. Um, but that being said, we'll go ahead and uh, do our kind of shout-outs and our outro. So again. Uh, if you want to reach us, you can do so at informationcreep at gmail.com, all one word. Or you can hit us up on Twitter at info underscore creep. Uh, also, check out all the other Cool Table Network uh, podcasts, such as Shattered Cast Uncut, Enter the Realm, Beers and Bolters 40K, Patek Fanatics, Stasis Lock, Nerd Rated Radio, Toy Detox, 8 Weeks, uh, Figga Bangin', and then there's us, uh, Information Creep. Uh, check us out. We were, you know, they gave us a shout out in this week's issue of Lost Light, or this past month's issue of Lost Light, I guess I should, I should say. Uh, really, really cool of IDW to do that. You know, again, we we thank them for their uh, for their partnership. 
And, uh, yeah, so you can catch me everywhere at Primal Sabbath. Um, I, but I'm normally lurk, lurking around in, in Cybertron Cafe and, and the Realm of Collectors uh, Facebook group. Really cool groups to join, um, if you haven't already. And you can, uh, Greg and Spiros didn't join us, but uh, you, know, you, you can find them. Do you want to kind of give them a shout-out? Uh, they're kind of going through both, like, individually, like, like little rough patches at, at it was total total Murphy's Law today. Uh, and Walter, where can people find you, man? You can find me on Facebook and Remma Collectors, Hardcore Collectors. Um, <laughs> I got to know my Twitter account. So you can find me there in those. Um, and, yeah, Walmart, because that's where I work there at. And to you guys out there, if you need something, just hit me on up. I'll look at our back warehouse. Cool, man. Good deal. Always good to have an in, especially especially at the big retails. So uh, until then, guys, we thank you for listening. We thank you for watching. And we'll see you guys next week on Information Creep. See you later. 10-4.